everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Tramonet, and today I have an amazing young woman with me, Shreya Bopata. Hey, girl! <laughs> Thank How are you? Thank so you for having me. I'm so of excited course. to be here. Yes, my mom told me told me about you, and I was like, she sounds amazing. Um, <laughs> we need to have her on immediately. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read off some of her bio, you guys. Like, I'm so impressed with like what she's done and how she's moving forward into 2021. So I'm going to let you guys listen. So here we go. <clears throat> Shreya Bofana is a 2021 graduate of Carnegie Mellon University, recently crowned Miss India America 2020, and a fierce advocator of anti-sex trafficking in underserved countries. Shreya went on to give a TED Talk highlighting the dangers of psychological media distortion through the lens of acid attacks and domestic violence. She is dedicated to ending child and female human sex trafficking around the world and began her work as an ambassador for the Save Our Stars Foundations, which their mission is to eradicate sex trafficking. She is a Wall Street Journal and New York Times published author advocating for higher education during COVID, co-founder of the Neurosurgery Career Training Program, Uncle Harvey LLC, protested against the Westboro Baptist Church's anti-gay legacy, created the Title IX initiatives with the Pittsburgh Sexual Assault and Rape Violence Organization, hosted the first Carnegie Mellon University LGBTQ plus open house, and the list just goes on. Currently working with the DC Human Sex Trafficking Task Force, Shreya is looking forward to the, into the 2021 as she joins the Obama Foundation and Girls Opportunity Alliance partner, She's the First, as a youth ambassador advocating for girls' rights. And if you guys aren't already impressed, uh, you are now. So <laughs> that is such an amazing bio. And I'm just so impressed with like everything that you've done and like in your lifetime and things like that. So what inspires you to like be that and like be the person and advocate that you are today? First of all, thank you. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I love when people can relate to my work and find it uh, as monumental as I do. But I think my biggest inspiration is the fact that I never had a lot of representation of people who are, you know, my race or my background or my mm -hmm. culture growing up. And I just wanted to be that for so many other people. And I think as opportunities presented themselves, I tried not to say no to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And the more you start doing, the more that just arrive on your plate and you start to realize how big the world really is and how many options and things there are out there. So I'm just yeah. glad to have my foot in so many different doors. That's amazing. And, you know, I can relate to that, but like not really seeing representation and like where I'm from and like, you know, not seeing many black girls doing what it is that I do. And, you know, if I'm honest, like I haven't seen much of like Indian representation or like of that culture either. And, you know, growing up, it was just always like black people and white people, but like people didn't, didn't want to talk about like what was in between of all of that. And so I'm really like passionate about having you on today. Cause like, I get to have it like a sense of like, what your culture is and like what how other people can interpret that as well and so I think that's a beautiful thing and so I'm so happy to have you on and so we can talk about things like that and you know again incredibly inspired by what you have done and I'm so excited to get into it so you were the first uh, you know actually I want to talk about how you were crowned for Miss India America 2020 I have never heard of that so what inspired you to participate in that pageant and like how has being crowned helped your initiatives? 
So the first thing I started was, it's just a typical pageant um, platform where you have to go through like the regionals, the states, and then nationals. Mm -hmm. And when I started states, I think I heard about it when I was in my final year of high school. And I was like, oh, I'm not really cool enough. You know, pageantry is really not my thing. And then I think I grew into my self-confidence a little more when I went through college and I started seeing myself grow. I came back for the pandemic year because everybody was sent home. And during that time, I just had all this time on my plate and I was like what will I do so because I had seen myself like grow into a more substantial person who I consider is really well-rounded I was like maybe pageantry isn't like the wildest thing to step into so I started off at states and after states I was actually first runner up so I considered whether I should even go to nationals or not because top three are sent to nationals I was like Mm -hmm. oh maybe I'm not made for the stage I end up going to nationals and then I win. And I was like, that was like the wildest thing that has ever happened. I didn't even expect it. I mean, it's crazy because I rarely ever tell people I didn't even consider going all the way there. And Mm -hmm. now here I am reaping the benefits of it. And I think the great part about that is that I made sure every single step of the way, I tried to highlight a lot of my philanthropy work through my platform. Cause I thought I was like, the attention shouldn't necessarily be on me. It should be on some cause or some organization that really deserves it so throughout Mm -hmm. all of my like pageant videos platforms anything I say I try to make sure to advocate for the Save Our Stars Foundation which is really big on helping sex trafficking victims in underserved countries so I try to push as much visibility to them as possible and it's great because the traffic has mostly gone to them and their donations and I've really Mm -hmm. seen them grow throughout my year and I'm glad that I could use this platform as a really unique way to talk about them. Exactly. And that's like a great transition into what Save Our Stars Foundation is and like you're an ambassador for them. And so what's their mission and why does that inspire you to do and like help them with their initiatives as well? So what is your like position as their ambassador? So I started with Save Our Stars because one of my best friends actually founded the foundation when we were in high Mm -hmm. school together. And I decided that when I was going into pageantry, when I wanted to step into like advocating for them, I wanted an official title. I was like, I want to be an official ambassador so that whenever I get asked, I can say like, oh, I work with Save Our Stars. I work for Save Our Stars rather than just sort of like bringing them into the conversation. I wanted it to be a very natural progression. And throughout that, they are really, a sex trafficking and human trafficking specifically focusing on like children and women in underserved countries org so we are trying to eradicate like the idea of sex trafficking sex trafficking rings post um, sex trafficking sexual assault help and we focus specifically our original I like station was in Nepal and Mm -hmm. after I started my ambassadorship I held like such a heavy role in the organization that we started plans for spreading into India so now we work with like organizations in India and post-sexual assault clinics in both locations and that's my link to them I wanted to really give back to my country in any way I could and to give back to like my original roots and to cover a topic that a lot of people don't really talk about. I think it's very common every day to bring up the idea of like something like domestic abuse or gender-based violence or sexual assault, but we rarely ever think about the extreme, extreme situations where, you know, you are actually like being fully trafficked into rings and now you're in like sex trades and slavery, which is incredibly prevalent there. So we wanted to raise awareness for those causes. Wow. That is so much work that you have done in like helped them with and like I'm really happy that there are organizations like that set up 
for that reason, because you're right, like not many people talk about sex trafficking and things like that. I just came back from um, this convention that I went to in Atlanta and there was this one speaker who started to talk about it and it was she played this short uh the short movie and um short story like kind of film short film right <laughs> and she um was talking about like the dangers of like internet dating it was like this one girl who like met this guy online you may have seen this short this short film before but she met this guy online and she was in high school and her friends were like, oh my gosh, like, go, it'll be fun. Like, I'll like, just skip out of school and just go meet up with him. And she went up with him and like, and then she was missing for like two, three days or something like that. That could have turned into something else. Like she either could have been put into sex trafficking, things like that. And so that was like what the whole lesson was all about. But I want to know, like, why does that resonate or why do you want to help people like that have suffered through sex trafficking or like that whole situation in itself? Like why that over like anything, you know, else negative that's happening in the world? Because there's a lot. And so, you know, choosing that and advocating for that is something that I think is really special. So why talk about that? And why do you think that is important? So I think my overarching initial draw to the topic was the concept of gender-based violence. And that's probably the reason why Save Our Stars focuses so much on female and children, because these are really targeted communities. And the reason I care so much about gender-based violence over like anything else is because first and foremost, I consider a major, major part of my identity to be a female, like a, being a woman. And um, the rest of like, of course, as intersectional as an identity is, I'm like, oh, I am an Indian girl. Like that is how I would describe myself if someone was trying to find me in a crowd of people. I'd be like, mm -hmm. look, you know, she's about like this tall, she's an Indian girl. So because it's such a big part of my identity, I started looking into um, girls' rights organizations and platforms. And throughout that process, I realized just how much like gender-based violence trickles down into society. So it starts as like, yes, inequity, and then it trickles into like major things such as we're looking at things like domestic abuse, we are looking at sexual assault, we are looking at refugee crisis, we're looking at acid attacks, you know, we're looking at sex trafficking. There's so much deep, so many deep-rooted problems that arise from just this overarching umbrella of like gender-based violence. And mm -hmm. I wanted to really look at everything from the lens of like, how can small ideas of inequity cause such large problems? And the reason I was drawn to sex trafficking over anything else is because I care a lot about doing groundwork and fieldwork. So I, mm -hmm. as much as I spend a lot of time like donating to causes and helping them, I prioritize like spending time with survivors and actually working in like in the main field and ground zone a lot because I want to be able to like see the lives I want to be able to hear the stories myself and I think mm -hmm. sex trafficking was like the easiest platform for me to readily be able to do that and to get into it and throughout my time there I've been able to eventually spread into other causes like I have talked about other things um, like in my TED talk I was able to do a little bit of research on acid attacks and domestic violence and I was able to like go into those zones but it was really sex tra sex trafficking that gave me that avenue first to go into everything else mm -hmm. and that's amazing that you want to be able to be with them and like with the survivors like one-on-one -on -one and like hear their testimonies and hear what is going on with them and like really wanted to physically support them because like you said like we can donate and like send them much as much money and stuff as we want but really like 
how much can that do? And like, we know that we can do more by like actually going to visit them, actually going to see the situations going on. People who go on like trips to Africa and like build things there are like the most incredible people in the world because they're being physical activists and like actually acting on what they believe in and like helping people out in other countries and things like that in underserved communities. So I think that is amazing that how you were taking your time here on earth to really support them and like put them before yourself, which is something that not many people can do. And like, I think that's like a really special job that people carry. So thank you so much for doing that. Thank you. Of course, of course. I always like to say I've been very privileged in my wonderful 22 years of life to, you know, have a roof over my head and food on a table and a good education. I don't think Mm -hmm. a majority of the world does not have access to that. And we often slip from reality because we're blinded by our privilege to not be able to see how much they don't have so Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that I could you know be able to like use my voice to be a voice for everyone who doesn't have one yeah and I like to do the same you know and that's why I have like my platform like so people that know that people like you exist like people that are actually doing activism and like supporting things in the world I want them to know it and be exposed to it which is one of the main reasons why I have this platform so just thank you again for joining me today and you mentioned your TED talk uh, but I'm gonna leave us on a cliffhanger and go into break so then we can talk about it <laughs> in the next half but thank you so much Sherry, for joining me thus far and thank you to my listeners I hope you have enjoyed the conversation as much as I have and we will be right back after this break Greetings. This is Dr. Essie McCoy, your podcast host of Dr. Essie Speaks Education. I am elated to bring you a weekly show where I discuss everything about education. That's right. What you want to know, what you don't know, and what you need to know will be aired each Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Get ready, mark your calendars, and tune in to this show as we keep the pulse on education from an award-winning educator. Remember, once again, to tune in every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Hey, this is Sydney Cherlone, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that'll be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that'll talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. everyone again I'm here with Shreya and we're talking about her activism and things that she does in the community and which I'm so inspired by so let's get back on into it so you mentioned that you were on a TED talk which is the coolest thing ever um and you're just highlighting the dangers of psychological media distortion through the lens of acid attacks and domestic violence can you share like what you spoke about and like like what sex trafficking is because like I know there's like people listening they're like oh yeah like sex trafficking they know it's a bad thing but like you know what is it exactly (laughs) you know so maybe we can get into that and like maybe how people can avoid being caught up into that so of course those are some like big words I use to describe my TEDx talk I know it's like psychological distortion and media preferences and like what are all those but it's really simply broken down so basically what my TEDx talk talks about is that sometimes when there are issues that are going on in the world that are 
surrounding gender, the media tends to portray it from favorably from the masculine point of view. And why do they do that? You're like, okay, uh, sure they do it. Um, and if it's a bad thing, why don't they just switch to the female side? So let's give an example. I talked specifically about acid attacks, and that is when someone takes acid and like assaults someone with it. And acid, if people don't know, like has a tendency to melt skin and organs and like bodily mm -hmm. parts. Like it will quite literally like melt all of that off of you. So it's considered like a harmful substance. Of course, even like small interactions with it is harmful. So it's a big thing in some underserved countries, especially India, that I like to touch on, where people can openly buy acid and. And it's used in a lot of domestic abuse cases. You know, if some kind of conflict arises in a relationship, you grab the acid and you throw it on your partner. Like there are thousands of cases and it's, India has like one of the highest counts of those. So there has been an attack survivor. She comes out and, you know, she goes through like months and years of therapy and she's finally on like a really good economic and financial, psycho, psychological, physical footing. Like she's like worked on herself. She's ready to go back out into the world. And she happens to meet a man who has been working with her through this journey. And I think he was actually like a financial advisor. So he was helping her basically get her footing back, like, you know, buy a house, find a job, that kind of thing in the assault clinic. And they end up falling in love. So when the media outlets found out about the story, they were like, oh my gosh, he's so brave for marrying her. And they told the story over and over and over again by saying he has given her a second chance at life. And I'd say that's a really harmful way to portray any story. She is a survivor who has undergone an attack, has recovered through years of abuse, and who's going out into the world with this completely new perspective, starting a whole new life. Like she is the one who has gone through that inner turmoil and in that journey. And she just mm -hmm. so happened to like fall in love. You know, that's just like one part of her journey, but it's, it doesn't explain like her strength and her struggle. So how is it fair for the media to portray the story saying like, he is the one who saved her when she's the one who spent all of that time putting in the energy to build herself back up. And mm -hmm. I say, sure, if it's just like one story, then maybe that's perfectly fine. Because the thing about media is a Cinderella story sells. It of course does. Like you just magically find a Prince Charming and he comes into the story and everybody's like, wow, happy ever after. That's fantastic. And that's why people read the story because that one aspect is just so amazing to them. They're like, oh yes, the Prince Charming has saved her. But there's a real big problem with the media portrays things from that angle because it shows you that at the end of the day, men constantly seem to have the upper hand. And by like saying stories from that perspective, you keep showing them again and again and again that men will always have the upper hand. Men will always be there to save you. No matter how much you do, it's always the men who are gonna get the credit for it. And I think that's really dangerous because it just keeps perpetuating gender inequality everywhere. So that's essentially what my TEDx talk is about. And it touches a little bit about my background again with like sex trafficking, as I mentioned, a lot of my expertise in um, acid attacks and all that has come from my background working with sex trafficking. But to also break down what that is, is sex trafficking essentially when you sell a person into a trade and basically they lend out their body as a way of making money. And the thing is, if the person was making the money on their own accord, like they're saying, I am selling my body and I am making money, that is completely fine. But the thing is, these people are forced into that activity by someone who is requiring them to pay them. So for example, there will be someone who is overlooking this trade, who is making people sell their bodies and taking their money 
and holding these people hostage. So oftentimes they are in these situations because they have no other means of escape, they've been trapped, and basically they are just stuck in the situation with no way to leave because they don't have anything to leave with or anything to go to. Wow, that is so powerful. And I'm sure that everyone that was a part of that tech talk or like was there live or like either watching it online after it was posted and everything like that. I'm sure they were, they were impacted just as much as I am right now. And, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to listen to it yet, but trust me, I will, because I'm already so enticed by it. But I think that that is a conversation that not many people have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that you're doing such a good job with your platform and how you're getting that out there to people and things like that. And so I wish that I knew this when I was like a little bit younger. So, and I'm still technically young, I'm only 16. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish that there, there were more conversations about this. And, you know, that's just, it's a scary thing. Like, if you think about it, um and then there's like this thing going around about how like if you like target is becoming like a new place where like sex trafficking is going on and like mm-hmm. you have to be careful like that kind of stuff is scary like I don't want to walk into a target one day and just be like okay I just gotta pick up a couple things and then like walk out and like someone's like following you to your car like and the fact that you know especially when like how you're talking about like this this whole misogyny thing has been expanded and it's not doing us any good and so you know we have to go out and like look under our cars make sure there's no one there like you know make sure there's no one in the back seat before we get into our cars it's it's a habit that we've been forced to build because of our society today and like that's how things like sex trafficking starts and so you know I just thank you again for like sharing this information because there's truly people out there that have no idea like that this stuff is happening so I just think that's beautiful Of course, of course. I mean, I too encounter so many of those issues, like where you talked about if you're coming out of a target, I think I've naturally just internalized like stepping into my car, locking the door, stepping into my car, locking the door, looking right behind me, because it's just such internalized misogyny. And the crazy thing is we sometimes think that things like sex trafficking are only in certain countries or certain places where you think like, oh, we're so modern. It's not going to happen here. But actually, Mm -hmm. just like two years ago, there was a big child sex trafficking or human trafficking case that happened on wayfair.com and parents who wanted their children back yep were paying thousands of dollars in ransom on wayfair.com can you imagine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. modern society like 2018 Mm -hmm. right so like you said like that stuff happens like every day and then you know as crazy as social media can be sometimes I've learned a couple of three a couple things like from there and like people being like make sure like you do this when you give me your car and it's like thank you for the advice, but I wish we didn't have to do this because right. just the way that, again, like our society is like, this is just like something that we've had to get used to and it's awful. But, you know, sometimes there's just people out there that we don't know the, you know, the intentions of. So we just have to be cautious. Of course, of course. So you were invited to host a workshop at the 2021 United Nations Foundation's Girls Up Leadership Summit and address the class of 2021. So like, what were like the main things you were talking about? Obviously it would be like sex trafficking and like human trafficking and things like that. And just inspiring them to know that this stuff is going on to stay aware. So, you know, like what were like your main points of that? And what was the foundation? 
<laughs> so United Nations Foundation is the organizing foundation of Girl Up campaign. And the Girl Up campaign focuses on girls' rights. So they every year they have a summit. And this year, I was incredibly privileged to be asked to hold a gender-based violence workshop, where I was basically telling people how to look for signs of gender-based violence in media. So this was perfectly in line with my TEDx talk and everything I talk about prevention signs. Like the whole point was prevention, how to look for signs of prevention. And some big things I take away is sometimes younger children are incredibly impressionable when it comes to media because social media and just media in general are all around us. So we listened to like Love the Way You Lie by Eminem and Rihanna. And I was talking about how in the story, if you break down the lyrics, you really hear how he's how she's like I'm gonna die without you and he's like I'm going to kill you if you don't love me like those are the overarching incredible powerful messages in that song and I'm like mm -hmm. if you're young and you don't understand like the lyrics 100% and you're keep listening to things like this over and over again eventually like you're going to internalize messages subconsciously that you didn't even know and because young kids are so impressionable I'm not saying that it should be upon them or it should be upon parents to kind of shield them from things but I'm saying you should understand the signs you should take time to educate your children about what is out there and like the traps you can easily fall into so another thing I talked about is things such as housing insecurity so when the pandemic hit a lot of people were forced out of homes you know because they couldn't pay rent because they lost their jobs and those are the types of people who are going to be really susceptible to things like sex trafficking or mm -hmm. to you know in harmful relationships because they have to move in with a significant other who is providing for them and now they're in sort of like toxic relationships you have to understand that a lot of these issues trickle from other things or another thing i talked about is like healthy relationships how do you understand the concept of like healthy relationship from the point of someone who is in a toxic relationship and they just cannot leave you know if they are financially reliant or if they have like children or a family or you know they say they have absolutely no other place to go like they don't have any family they don't really have anyone to call their own where will they go and in for often for those people it's better to endure the toxic relationship than to just go out into the world and you know be by yourself and not really know where to go so we should provide resources for these people so that they kind of are not like picking between the lesser of two evils you know we should always make sure that humanity is safe and that should be our number one goal so I was talking about a lot of prevention signs and those are the main things I focused on mm -hmm. and I agree with all of those I think those are amazing points that people can pick up on and like something as simple as that song trying to like teach us that lesson you know like mm -hmm which I think is a good example because we are impressionable and, you know, we are vulnerable to those kinds of things. And like, I think that learning young, like you said, is a, something that is crucial and, you know, not turning the, uh, young people away when they ask about it. Like, oh, what is that? Like, why is this like a bad thing? Like, I think I remember having a conversation you know, with my mom about like what rape was. I can't remember how young I was, but like, I just remember just hearing the word one day. I want to say I was in like in third and fourth grade and she just told me that it was like a really really like bad thing obviously she probably didn't wouldn't want to go into the details of it right then because you know it's kind of a serious topic that you don't really want to teach to an 11 year old just yet so but things like that happen every day to people my age and so mm -hmm. I think that having that conversation will be will make us more prepared and so I'm so glad that you were going out to these places like teaching these lessons because we truly don't always know like what the answers are of course absolutely I can definitely understand 
So you will be the first STF Youth Ambassador or are the first STF Youth Ambassador advocating for during the 2021 Obama Foundation, the Girls Opportunity Alliance partner. So why is this important? Why is this important to you? And like, what is the message behind it? Sure. So She's the First is this incredible organization that I've had the privilege of working with through my collegiate years, actually. I was the president of the Carnegie Mellon University campus chapter. And then exactly at the time I graduated, they had opened up this thing called Youth Ambassador Program, and they were looking for people who they had worked with who were going to be voices or the faces of She's the First in media. And I like I was like this is definitely like the perfect place for me because all I focus on in a majority of my time is how to share stories using the power of media and how to use media properly so when I had found out that she's the first was like we want you to be youth ambassador I was like absolutely and through my time as a youth ambassador so far, we have worked with different campaigns and we have, you know, shared our messages on incredible platforms, like for the International Day of the Girl, I actually shared my story on the platform of um, Brooke Shields' Instagram page and she has 1.3 million followers. I was mm -hmm. part of the Bobby Brown campaign. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like the pretty powerful campaign from Bobby Brown and they were incredible mm -hmm. to work with. They were basically funding a lot of these grassroots organizations that give girls the opportunity to education or to sexual health and reproductive care um, education as well. And so training and basically like these taboo topics that people don't talk about. And they also focus specifically on like girls rights. So they focus on bringing, you know, girls rights, like bills and policy changes throughout bodies and institutions around the world that will mm -hmm. actually impact girls in a very meaningful way. So it's been incredible to work with them because they're also a partner of the Obama Foundation and Michelle Obama's Girls Opportunity Alliance. Mm -hmm. So those are also some incredible organizations that consistently keep giving us platforms to share stories of so many vulnerable girls. That's amazing. And then I can take inspiration off of that too, because, you know, using my platform to share stories like yours and like share people like, to, so people can know this, this kind of information. So congratulations on being able to Thank be part you. of that and be, you know, their youth ambassador. I think that is an amazing thing. And, you know, you're obviously doing well with it. And, you know, you, <laughs> I think that it is amazing because I'm, when I meet people that are, they, they, they seem so passionate about like what they do it's just like, oh my gosh, there's change happening. Thank God. Oh. So it's like a great feeling. And so I'm so glad that you are in your mm -hmm. position and that, and you know, that you deserve it so well and that you're doing an amazing job with it. So just thank you for what you have done. I feel so compelled and so inspired to have you on here today and just talk about these things. And I'm just having the time of my life. <laughs> uh, honestly, thank you. I think that it's so important to share the stories of other people and you are doing it so well, so young and like you. talking about so many different heavy topics at such a young age. Like that's incredible. Like the level of maturity and your basic strong articulation that you have to be speaking so eloquently about so many things. Like it's so impressive and I'm so inspired. You know, that means so much coming from you. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I have one more question for you before we get into our rapid fire questions. Um, I just want to know, like, who inspires you to be to to be who you are today? My mother, hands down, my mother. Oh. She is a wonderful product of her time and culture. So my mom grew up with in India, and she immigrated here when I was two months. 
So she has faced like all the hardships. I remember like, you know, growing up while like my dad was off at work in India. So he was still working in India and she basically raised me as if she was a single mom for like a significant portion of my life. I would watch her balance like life and having a kid and finding like a new space in America. And on top of all of that, she has never once like said no to me in a way that has really impacted my life. So if I was like, this is like the career I want to pursue, she was like, absolutely. If I was like, this is what, you know, this one I want to do with my free time. These are hobbies I want to have. Absolutely. I was like, I want to step into this space, like pageantry or like anything that she always has hesitation about. I watch her as she grows with me. So she'll, she's always so willing to have the conversation with me if she's hesitant about something. And she lets me explain like why I want something. And, you know, it's that it's not the fact that she is so progressive already, but it's the fact that she's willing to be progressive for the sake of me and my self-actualization in life. So I, I mean, that's actually what I love to say about my parents in general. I say like they endured a lot of, you know, survival so that I could have the privilege of self-actualization. They worried about like the roof over my head, paying my tuition and putting food on my table so that I could go out and be like, I want to make this kind of change in the world. And I want to do this with my career. And the fact that I never have to worry a day about like what is going to happen to me next in my safety is all because of them. So my family is like my biggest inspiration in life. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Maybe I'll, I'll probably have to bring you back on with your mom so we can all talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> but that is an amazing story. And, you know, I'm so happy that your mom has always been in your corner and that she's been that kind of person for you. I can say that my mom does the same, you know, with my podcast, like go for it. She was the one that pushed me to do it and just be like, I think you'd be able to start this. And then ever since, like I fell in love with it. And so she's been only doing that and just like supporting me in that way. So we can give it up for the moms always. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you, mom. <laughs> um, so before I let you go, uh, I, I have some rapid fire questions for you. So are you ready? <laughs> I am. I'm excited. Fire away. Okay. So if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Ooh, the ability to learn anything really quickly. Can you imagine if I was like, if I was taking the SAT or something and I automatically was just like, you know what, verbal, that's not Never a heard of that. That's a good idea. I'll learn how to do that really quickly. Or like if I was in the Olympics and someone was like, swimming's a sport. I'm like, I'll learn how to do that super quickly overnight. Wouldn't that be incredible? That's insane. I'd love to do that. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, winter or summer? Summer, I can't handle the cold. <laughs> your biggest fear? Ooh, isolation. I'm such a people person mm. and I'm a big talker. So if I'm like, if I was like on a deserted Island with just me, I think I'd go insane because it was just me. <laughs> uh, cats or dogs? Dogs. I have a puppy named Marley and he's a little oh. Shih Tzu, but I also, well, yeah, I also volunteer I with the lost dog and cat rescue foundation for years now and I've been working with their like dog fostering program so yes puppies all the way oh I love shih tzus they're so cute I used to have one um, and what is one thing that you can't live without again my puppy he is <laughs> I call I FaceTime him every single day like he is Aww. my bread and butter I love that guy <laughs> Oh, thank you so much, Shreya, for joining me today. I've had such an amazing and compelling conversation, and I hope my listeners are as inspired as I am. Why don't you share with us how they can reach you? 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. You can go ahead and track my journey on all of my social media. That is at Shriya Bopana, S-H-R-I-Y-A-B-O-P-P-A-N-A. I'm most prevalent on Instagram, but I also definitely post on Facebook and Twitter occasionally. But I also have a website, which is www.shriyabopana.com, where you can continue to hear about all of my, you know, journeys and the progression of everything that I'm going through with my philanthropy, with my authorship, and just with life in general thank you so much Shreya you guys please go support her I took a couple glimpses at her social media throughout the week and I've just been so impressed with what she's done she's just she just seems like an amazing flower and I love to see what what else that she has going on in her life and I hope you guys are are compelled to do so as well so thank you so much Shreya for joining me Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for creating this space for so many people. And I hope we continue to work together in so many different facets of life. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Ah, I'm so so inspired. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rhea. And thank you so much to my listeners. And this is perfect timing.